0: Welcome to Arise Church, where we exist so that you can experience God. I pray that this message will encourage, inspire, and grow your faith in God. Enjoy the
1: message. So good to see all of you. If you're like, who in the world are these people? My name is Pete, and this is my wife, Whitney. We are your South Shore uh, location pastors here at Arise Church. So we bring you greetings from down south. Thanks for letting us be here today. Yeah. All right. Super cool. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? That's awesome. Hey, this is my bride of 14 years. This is my wife, Whitney. She is uh, the mother of my children, the light of my life. Yeah. Cause when I see your face there's not a thing that I would change. Cause you're amazing just the way you are. And when you smile, the whole world stops and stares for a while. Cause girl, you're amazing just the way you are. Aw, oh, thanks, babe. You're so sweet. That is all the singing I'm going to do. <laughs> Come on, you gotta admit, I didn't have the best setup here. The last couple weeks, Pastor Ken's serenading, and Pastor Brent can play, like, every instrument. And I'm like, I got nothing. I just, you know.
0: You can tell really good jokes. So, I got some epic I mean, dad jokes that
1: I could throw out there, I mean, but they don't want to hear that. They want to hear. That's
0: pretty sexy. I mean. Yeah, is
1: that right? <laughs> all right, well. Got some jokes later on. All right. Woo! I don't know why I said that it's, just, it's the 11 o'clock service. You never know what's going to happen. All right. Hey, so here's the deal. I want to celebrate something because we've been in this uh, series called love songs the last couple of weeks and down south at South shore last Sunday had a newish couple who approached us after service and said, this is so crazy. I was like, so tell me your story. How long have you been together? And they kind of looked at each other and they laughed and they said, well, actually we used to be married and we divorced. But we came back to Jesus, and very soon we're going back to the altar to get remarried. I'm like, Isn't that amazing what God can do? Like I just love the fact that we sing that Jesus, you change everything, and I just believe this morning Jesus is going to change some relationships in the house today, going to change some lives in the house today, and we get to have a front row seat to that. Yeah. So for 14 years we've been married for years. That's a long time. And some of you have been married way longer than that. And let me just tell you, 14 years is a long time. Look at these kids. Look at those two. They have no clue what they're in for. They're so dewy-eyed in love. They have no clue what's going on. But that was us 14 years ago. Uh, when I said I do, I meant that I will till the end of all time. That's a song, but that I didn't sing it. That is a song, it. yeah. Alright, yeah. there you go. <laughs>
0: So on this specific day, we said some amazing vows. I don't remember mine because I was just staring at his face, waiting for the next dad joke. Baby, you're sexy. (laughs) But I know everybody in here said some vows. Maybe you wrote your own or maybe you said the standard vows. So I need your help here. Okay, you got to interact with me a little bit. To have and to? For better, for? For richer or? In sickness and in no. as long as we both shall live,, shall live. Aww. we say these vows because we know these things are going to happen, just like last night, last night was a little bit tough we had we kind of had a little bit of a Tiff, but our friends, Casey and Steven, they taught us a new word. Where are you guys? A new word
1: for fighting. (laughs) A
0: new word for fighting. All right.
1: Hey, listen, any couples in here, you get to a little bit of a Tiff, an argument. I don't know what you call it. I love what they call it. So
0: we had dinner with them last week and they're like, yeah, this morning we had um, intense intense, intense, fellowship. Intense fellowship. And we were like good job, guys. I'm glad your marriage is strong. We don't need to know that. (laughs) I didn't know they
1: were talking about a fight. I thought they meant like intense fellowship, like, and I was like, (laughs) I was like, whoa, hey, hey, all right, there is a line here somewhere. And
0: they're like, no, 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 that means a fight. And so we love it so much. So now we say we're having intense fellowship.
1: But guys, do you know how hard it is to know that you have to preach about marriage and you have like a big old fight? Like, 18 hours before that that gets awkward it gets awkward but hey we're here today because we're marriage experts.
0: Oh yeah, obviously. Um, Us and our intense fellowship over here. Um, No, but we say these vows because we know these things are going to happen. We know that poverty is going to happen. Lord help us in the first years of marriage, right? We know that we're going to experience sickness and death and all of these things. And I know that we have been through a lot. And I know that a lot of you who have been married longer have been through way more. Someone was telling me just outside after first service, things that they've been through. And um, we're just here to kind of help you walk through those things and um, help you walk through some steps, too, today.
1: Absolutely. And just to kind of tee up the big idea this morning, I want to share with you the song that played at our wedding, because everybody's got that wedding song that sticks in their heart, those love songs that take you back. And our song, when we got married and we walked out, we had our kiss, I now pronounce you husband and wife, we're out of here. The song that came blaring through the church's loudspeakers was Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Jefferson Starship. Who knows the song? All right, then help me out. Don't let me sing this alone, okay? We got the words up here.
0: Let them say we're crazy. I don't care about that. Put your hand in my hand, baby. Don't ever look back. Let the world around us just fall apart baby we can make it if we're hard to heart and we can build this dream together standing strong forever nothing's gonna stop us now and if this world runs out of lovers We'll still have each other. Nothing's gonna stop us. Nothing's gonna stop us now. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, you have yes. to do it. It's there not up go. there, but you have to do you it. Guys are singing yeah, good, today. good job. Yeah. Good job. That's
1: awesome. See, here, here's the deal. Here's the big idea. That was a song from our wedding, and we were, we were just like seeking God. What should we share today? It was this idea of nothing's gonna stop us now. Because before the stress happens, you have to decide that nothing is going to stop this. Nothing is going to stop this. What God has brought together, let no one, let no thing separate this. You have to decide before the stress happens, because those stresses are going to happen. The stressors will sneak in at some point in your life and in your marriage. Nothing's going to stop us now.
0: Yeah, so we are going to talk about five major life stressors today. My best friend, she's a marriage and family therapist. She says these are the actual five life stressors that affect her job every single day. But um, I know when we have walked through these stressful times in our marriage, that they've caused a lot of tension for us. And I know we didn't always approach it the right way. So we want to kind of help you get the sneak peek before this stress happens and decide that nothing's going to stop us now. But Also, it's kind of funny. These five major life stressors also interrupt like your IRS tax status too. So, um, I mean that's stressful enough.
1: (laughs) The IRS knew what they were doing. They found the most stressful points in life and decided that's where they were going to change your tax bracket. So if you ever wonder if uh, they're clued in on this, they are. They
0: know it. So, um, we are going to talk about these, but we're also going to give you five steps that you guys can take within your marriage, within your relationship, and, um, it'll help walk you through this.
1: Absolutely. So let's talk about that first stressor the number uh one stressor today i'm not saying it's the number one stressor in life but it's definitely there is marriage marriage is what brings us together today (laughs) that sacred union that dream within a dream anybody else know princess bride nobody else okay all right all right good so here's the deal You get married. You're all excited about getting married. And the day comes, you get married. Yeah, this is great. And then the reality of what it means to be married starts to set in. And then just the way that they brush their teeth makes you want to hit them with a blunt object, right? Just like this, this idea of when you get married, the way they brush their teeth is annoying and, and, and you have to cope and manage through all of these stressors of just this life change of being married and being in the same place all the time and they don't go away. No, I'm just kidding. I'm glad that you don't. I'm glad that you don't. But you know what I'm saying? That, that point of marriage is such a change.
0: Yeah, it's, it's stressful, especially when the other person doesn't do dishes. I'm just kidding. I love him.
1: I've got a <laughs> microphone too. So. Uh, to um, so this is therapy, really. Is That's therapy. what this is. This is therapy. Yeah, I All mean, right. yeah.
0: All right. So scripture, Genesis 2, 22 through 24. And the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. Then the man said, at last, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh.
1: Yeah, this was so amazing. This is the OG wedding story happening right here, that at the very beginning of creation, God had seen that it is not good for man to be alone. And how many ladies in the house, you know this, you leave a guy alone too long and trouble happens, right? Like, like you're just stepping out, dinner with the ladies, and you come back, and he decided to add a room onto the house. You're just like... <laughs> This is not good. And so God saw this and he's like, okay, like these animals are nice, but he needs something else. And at this very first wedding ceremony, think about this. God was the officiant at the very first wedding ceremony, right? And he brings Adam and Eve together. Can you imagine being Adam for just a second? You fall asleep, you wake up and the first thing you see is Eve and you go, whoa, man. Give that joke. Uh, just a second to sit in with our online audience. Whoa, man. All right. So anyway, Adam falls asleep. He wakes up. God does this holy surgery, right? And takes this rib out of his side, takes it out of his side. This is what's amazing. See, listen, women were not taken from men's feet to be stomped on by him. Women were not taken from men's head to be ruled over by him. Woman was taken out of the side so that she could be his equal, that she could command his love and be close to his heart. See, she came from the site, so sometimes I'll throw my arm around my wife and just kind of whisper in her ear, like, welcome home, baby. This is where you belong. This is home right here. Yes, fulfill that scripture. All right, so. Intense fellowship. Later. Intense fellowship. Yeah. Yes, intense fellowship. So, so Adam and Eve, and they're together. And this is what's amazing is we get the scriptures, right? And this is the first time that we see any recorded words of man speaking, of men talking. We, we were sure that Adam must have talked. But these are the first recorded words that we get out of the mouth of a human being. We've heard God speak, and there was creation. Now man is going to speak. What's the very first thing that man says? He doesn't say anything. He sings. The first thing that man does is he sees the wife that the Lord had given him and he sang to her. Listen, guys, if you can sing or play an instrument, you are at a distinct advantage in this life. It's biblical, okay, it's biblical. And so he sees her and he sings to her. These are the first recorded words. That's why love songs can, can like sit in your heart so deep and those memories can take you back because at the very first uh, wedding ceremony, man sings. To her so here's the deal the process of of two becoming one is instant and it's over a lifetime Okay, because in the scriptures the two will become one flesh the two will become one It's an instant moment, but it's also a lifetime commitment It's a decision that nothing's going to stop us now. It's kind of like if you think of salvation in this way, when you get saved, you have confessed Christ as your Savior, you are saved. But then you go through this process of being saved and being transformed into the image of Jesus through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So you're saved and you're being saved. The two are one and they are becoming one. So it's an instant and it is a lifetime.
0: Yeah, but this process isn't easy, is it? Adam went through surgery, if you think about it in a way, and God actually removed one of his bones. I don't know if anybody has ever been through surgery here before. It- hurts a lot and you have to walk through that pain. Now marriage is painful and it's really hard, but the best way that you can combat that pain and that hard and difficult is this next step or this first step that we're gonna give you, which is connection. You need to connect with your spouse. Um, I don't know if many of you know this, but it actually takes seven years in a marriage for you to think of the other person first it actually takes 10 years in a marriage for you to become completely selfless. Now, if some of you are still working on that, give it a little bit more time. It's okay, it'll come It'll come around. We're
1: 14 years into this thing and I'm still figuring out how to, how to become less selfish.
0: Yeah, but so many of us give up so quickly nowadays. You get into a marriage, it's not going your way. It's, you're not connecting, so you give up. Don't give up. There, you know, there are so many things that you can do to keep your marriage strong through connection, Um, but it's important for us to connect quickly in those first years of marriage, and this is why God creates order for sex and babies after marriage. Let me repeat that again, after marriage, because when that connection is there first with your spouse and with God at the center, when you walk through those very difficult things, you already have that connection with your spouse. So some ways that we connect together is we go to Disney. Well, I go to Disney. My husband lovingly follows me there and (laughs) looks at all the silly things with me.
1: (laughs) You have to find something to enjoy together. We do, yeah.
0: So we love love to play golf together. Um, We love breakfast diners. We love playing cards together. We love doing all of those things. Um, But another practical step that you need to do is place God at the center of your marriage. Now, when we first got married, we were looking at all these pastors, like, "Wow, look at their their marriage! They have it all together. They must read the Bible together every night and pray together every day." And we tried this, and it did not go very well. My husband is very um, he's very technique technology and I'm very not. Like I love a paper and pencil. I love my Bible. He loves to read his Bible on his phone and listen to it on his phone. Um, So we realized really quickly that this was not going to work. We actually had a lot of tension in the first years of marriage over this. So what we decided is you're going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. We're going to come together. We're going to hear what God is telling both of us. And actually God spoke to us in many different ways through that time and um, now we do the same thing and it's it's amazing
1: yeah I mean you really do have to decide like how are we going to keep the Lord in the middle of this like, in what practical ways are we going to do this? I, I love the fact that Pastor Brent and Ada were talking about this just a few weeks ago, that simply by attending church together, participating in spiritual disciplines together, you will significantly divorce-proof your marriage and increase your happiness in marriage by finding ways to put the Lord in the middle of your marriage. So what she'll do is, man, she'll spend time with God and reading the Word, and I'll spend time with God and reading the Word, and then we'll just connect with one another and be like, man, what is God teaching you through the Scriptures? What have you heard from the Lord out of His Word today? What has the Holy Spirit dropped into your heart? What is God processing through you right now? And constantly just having these conversations where we can bless one another. We're so weirdly different, but it works. And you put up with my jokes. And, and yet you also put up with all my weird little idiosyncrasies of how I read the scriptures and how I pray and everything like that. And so I appreciate you for that, but I love the fact that God works in your life. She's got a stack of journals this high because she's constantly writing down the good things that God has done. I love that about you. I love that about you. So how will you keep the Lord in the middle of this? So let's jump to the second stressor. So marriage is very stressful. How many can I get an amen? Okay, but marriage is also awesome. Oh man. It's like. Man, marriage is really stressful, right? But marriage is also awesome, right? There you go. There you go. There was like some darting glances from that one right there, all right? All right, so here's the deal. Let's talk about the second stressor. The second stressor really uh, is, is death, is death. Of all the five, the five major stressors in life, uh, let's talk about death. See, here's the deal. We make these vows for better, or for, better for worse, for richer, poorer, and sickness and health. And, w- and we do talk about death in the vows, but we're talking about death between one another. But death will often find its way into your marriage in this way, that it's you lose a parent, you lose uh, a sibling, a close friend, And some even have lost a child. And the pain of that, the intense pain that comes with that, if not managed well, if not handled well, will create division between you and your spouse. It'll create trouble because that grief will set in and will send you on an emotional roller coaster that frankly, many times we're just not prepared for. That's why it's a stressor. That's why it sneaks up on us. Is that death will come in and it will destabilize what was normal. All of the big dreams and big ideas that you may have had built up in your mind about this person that you lost, that's now gone. It's so destabilizing that it's, it's, it's a fact, you know this to be true, that hurting people will hurt people. Intentionally or unintentionally will hurt one another. And so what do we do to combat that? And let me just give you what I believe will help you whenever death happens in and around your marriage. In James chapter 1, verse 19 is understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Now the tragedy is, culturally speaking right now, because of this instant access that we have to information and technology, we've flipped this upside down, right? We're, 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 we're slow to listen, we're quick to speak, and we're very quick to get angry. And because of that, what does that do? That creates hostility and division and tension where there doesn't need to be. If we would all take a breath and step back for just a moment and listen to one another and be present for one another. When death takes place, be present for your spouse. Because a lot of ways it's gonna weigh differently on one than it might the other. If you lose a parent or you lose a friend or whatever the case may be there, it's gonna weigh so differently on both of you that you must be present. And allow them to vent, allow them to talk, and don't react, just sit and listen. Sometimes the worst thing that you can do when somebody is grieving is try to give them a bumper sticker slogan, okay? Be present, be in the moment, be available to listen. You don't have to speak right away. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry in that moment. So what's the step if we're going through grief that we can process together?
0: Yeah, so in our first years of marriage, we had multiple miscarriages. And so we have experienced death firsthand. I know um, we both handled that very differently. And I know that the step that I'm about to tell you did not go very well, (laughs) which is actually communication. Um, We didn't cope together during this time. We actually coped separately. And it hurt our marriage in many ways. Um, So you need to communicate a ton. And if you think you have communicated enough, communicate more. I remember during a really intense time after we had our second miscarriage, I was unintentionally blaming Pete Um, and it came out in a fight. I didn't even know it until I looked at him and I said, this is all your fault. And it, it just, it took me aback. It took him, he was just like, whoa. And, and I realized at that moment that we hadn't communicated enough. We hadn't communicated our feelings and our hurt and our grief. Um, but Pete was very graceful at that time. He, he decided to sit down and listen rather than, you know, rushing off and going to his job and doing what he needed to do. We took the time and we started to confess our hurt and our pain and show each other grace. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, I mean, we were we were unintentionally blaming one another, but you know, in that moment, I, I had a great opportunity to speak with a few people out outside here who had gone through miscarriage, and I know many people go through miscarriage. What was what did you share uh, in the nine o'clock about? Uh, women who experience miscarriage in their body physiologically, what do they experience?
0: Yeah, so the Mayo Clinic says that after a woman miscarries, she has the pregnancy hormones for one to two months after. And so not only are you grieving the loss of a child, but you're also dealing with these extreme hormones that you don't quite know what to do with, all yeah. while still trying to be a loving, caring spouse and continue to walk through that time in life.
1: Yeah, and I think I think for me, I just... I tend to default and guys, you probably understand, this is probably more of a guy trait um, that when we don't really know what to do or how to handle a situation, we lean into work. And so I just leaned into work and I worked a ton, a ton, a ton, because I didn't really know how to cope. And I didn't really know, I didn't have great communication skills on how to talk to her, but I wasn't recognizing the fact that she was feeling something in her body. And I didn't know what that felt like. I didn't have the pain. I didn't have that loss. I didn't, there was a lot more emotional and intense, uh, psychological connection that you had with those babies who are with the Lord now that, that uh, I wasn't feeling and, and I wasn't available to you, but we've learned that. So please learn from us in this moment, be so incredibly available during a time such as death.
0: Yeah. And especially if it's just a friend within church, I would encourage you like Pete said, to just sit and listen. The worst thing you can say is, well, this was God's plan. That's, That's not true. God does not want death for your babies. Um, or I had some other people come up and share some really horrific stories. The best thing you can do is just sit, put your arm around them and cry with them, with their loss and grieve with them.
1: Yeah. And you can always listen to the voice of the Holy spirit who will prompt you when it's time to say something and, uh, just be cautious of that because grief is a, is such a deep wound that out of that can create division. So don't let the enemy sneak into your marriage through a moment of grief, okay? Now, here's the blessing on the other side of it. The blessing on the other side of it is, even though we experience experienced multiple miscarriages, God has blessed us in an incredible way. We have three awesome, healthy, amazing boys with more energy than I know what to do with. And like, You know, you're just like, here's the thing, like when you have boys, like they take a bath and then they decide to go outside and get all muddy again. And you're like, what are you doing? I love you. I might send you to Jesus quickly, but I love you. Like you just like you love them. You know that you know that tension I'm talking about. And so here's the third stress in life is baby Baby steps in and changes and upends all kinds of everything in your routine and in your life and in your work and all kinds of things in your life now have to wrap themselves around this little creature that is 100% dependent on you. Like, that, right, because it changes everything. Like it's like uh, like the way you schedule like sleep. What's that? You know, like I just ask my wife. She's like, I haven't slept in eleven years. Like, wow, why eleven years? That's how old my oldest kid is. You know, it's like I haven't slept. It just it upends your entire life. Now we are blessed by God, but then when we talk about baby and going through just stress in life with that and trying to manage that, listen, how many of you got burned on your first baby in this way? They were so good. You're like, this is a, man, this is a great kid. Like this is easy, no problem. That second one shows up. What's up with that, you know? <laughs> Well, they're not sleeping, they're not eating, you know, whatever, You're just like, why can't you be like, I okay, anyway, I'm, I'm getting off on a side issue here, but here's the deal, here's the deal, baby steps in and baby changes everything, but then we went through this situation where we had uh, two of our three boys were born with some pretty serious medical conditions, so I'll let my yeah, wife. Yeah,
0: so that. I think we have some pictures of the two that actually went through some health issues. Aw, let's hear it, come on. Aw, cute Cute babies. Um, No more, praise the Lord. But anyway, so we have Mason there on the left. He was actually born with cystic fibrosis, which is a um, terminal illness. It's a lung condition that they have. And the doctor put an expiration date on his foot and said he'll live to about this old and he'll be done. And, but praise God, God healed him nine months later because we have a good God. Amazing story. I wish we had time to share it with you, but we really don't. Yeah,
1: that's like another story for another time. But just on the short end of it, um, God did an amazing miracle. Uh, The church that we were pastoring at that time, we had a guy who was attending our church because his wife found Jesus. And so he was attending with her to just support her. He had been 40 years a Buddhist monk, 40 years a Buddhist monk. And I was like, man, Dave, what is it going to take for you to serve Jesus? And he's like, well, I guess I just need to see a miracle I can't explain. I said, okay, that's what we're praying for. A few weeks later, God healed Mason. Dave is a respiratory therapist for a living who deals with cystic fibrosis patients. I slid him these papers, these before and after papers, the papers that confirmed the condition and the papers that showed that he was healed from you know, little hospitals nobody's ever heard of, Mayo Clinic, Johns Hopkins, nobody's ever heard of these hospitals. The one said he had it and the next one said, it's not even there, not a trace. And I said, how about now, right? Like, ah. Oh. And homie said nothing, he said nothing. And a week later he came back to me and he said, you know what? I was driving down the street the other day and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I burned all my Buddhist stuff, I need to get baptized. So we baptized him in our bathtub on Tuesday night.
0: Yeah, it was amazing. And you know, it was all worth it. I know we walk through really difficult times, but when you see someone come to Christ because of that miracle, Praise God. It was so good. So we also have little Hudson. Um, He was born with pyloric stenosis. So he was born at about, you know, regular sized baby. And then he dropped down to about five pounds. It's where your stomach muscle doesn't open to allow food into your stomach. And he had to have emergency surgery at three weeks old. Um, That was a really intense time for us. It was (laughs) crazy
1: because here he is, this little five pound baby. He's a week old and he's projectile vomiting 20 feet. That's like the stuff you see in the movies, right? You gotta cast that out. You're like, I don't know what that is. That's not good. <laughs> oh, it's a medical thing. Okay, all right, we do do? can fix that. It was, oh, it was intense though, because you're just going, oh man, we're going through this again. God had just healed our, our other son, and now what is this? And it created all kinds of confusion, but I'm thankful to God that we were in a better place in our marriage at that point. But here's the deal, like this is something that Whitney has shared multiple times when we led marriage groups and stuff, is that like, hey, this is my husband. Well, But her speaking, she's like, this is my husband. He was here before the kids and he'll be here after the kids. We have to make sure that this is working because you've seen this before. I know you have where there's families, they've built their entire marriage based on their kids. And then once their kids are grown and gone, they've got nothing to stand on. And their marriage is standing there scratching their heads. And they're like, we don't even know how to relate to one another, communicate with one another. Enjoy one another's company because we focus solely on this one area of our life So this is a commitment that we've made to each other and she does far better at it than I do She is amazing at making date night happen and scheduling getaways and just spending time together. I have to get better Okay, just hold me accountable. Just Catch me and be like, schedule the next date night. Oh, yes, I will. Just help me. But like, here's the deal. She's so good at that because she knows he, I was here before and I'll be here after they've gone, they're off to college or they're off working and doing their thing and, and having babies and you know, everything on their own. Like this has to work. This has to work. Good. And so no matter what happens, no matter what change is thrown your way with baby and raising kids, you have to resolve that nothing's going to stop us now. So, all right, just let's just jump to the step.
0: Okay, so the step to combat having a baby is community. <laughs> well, there's a
1: that sounded weird. I'm just saying. <laughs> The step to combat... Ha- having the a step ba- to stop having a baby. Sounded, uh, yeah, let's try okay, that again. I'm like, sorry. Okay, So you. the
0: step that you can take is to have community in your life. Yeah. I am going to make a very, very strong case for small groups right now. If you are not in a small group, get into a small group right now. Do not leave this building without going out there and talking to someone and figuring out when you can get on the schedule and be in that small group. It doesn't matter that we've been going for a while. Just step in. Be a part of it. We could not have walked through any of these times without being in our church and our small group. They brought us Starbucks. They brought us food. I remember waking up one morning after little Hudson and all of his craziness and there was breakfast burritos on my front you, porch. Jesus for breakfast burritos. I mean, that's amazing. Someone got up and made those for us, but um, you need to surround yourself with the right people and the right people are sitting in this room Amen. right now. That's good. Um, so I I want to share just a couple of stories with you really quick. When we were in the hospital with Hudson with his pyloric stenosis stuff, someone brought us Cheesecake Factory, which was an hour and a half away. This is not Brandon, okay, like 10 minutes down the street. Where we were at in Topeka, Kansas, it was like an hour and a half to get to Cheesecake Factory and then come back. That was a three-hour round trip. I mean, what kind of friends? It was awesome. And then when we had Mason with his cystic fibrosis, he was born in July, and cystic fibrosis babies are not supposed to sweat. I know it's kind of a weird thing. But my favorite thing to do is go outside and be in nature and walk my dogs. And I, I just love it. And um, my friend Felita came over that day and she just held Mason inside so I could go outside and mow the yard. It was like such a happy place of mine and I love doing it. But you have to have those people in your life that will come alongside of you. That's good. Oh, but I also have to read the scripture. Yeah, Cause that's, that's a- I mean, that's the most important. Um, <laughs> so Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes four, nine through 12, two people are are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people who are lying close together can keep each other warm. Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) <laughs> but how can we're one... going to
1: apply the scripture
0: amen yes but how can one be warm alone a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated but two can stand back to back and conquer three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken
1: yeah absolutely i know i kind of joke there a little bit but here's the deal standing alone in isolation is not god's plan for your life and especially when you're walking through stressors like pain and grief and marriage and death and a, a new baby and life is upended, standing alone is not what the Lord has for you. If you want to be defeated, the best way to be defeated is to be isolated and allow the enemy to trick you into thinking that you have to pull. Uh, Away from God's people and so don't do that. Don't stand alone You have to then stand together because during those times I again as a guy I was kind of like a workaholic. I'm like, well, I don't know what to do with you and this baby I'm going back to work So I think again like three days after the kids were born. I'm like, well, I've got things to do right and I went off to work Here's the deal guys slow down Look at your wife in the eye and just ask this question. What can I do to serve you right now? You've had a long day, you've been with the kids, you maybe even working and raising kids, going through all these stressors. Guys, look at them in the eye, look at her in the eye. What can I do to serve you? And even after the kids are grown and gone, guys, this is always a good question you can ask. What can I do to serve you today? How can I make your day better? I'm standing with you. And with the Lord in the middle, we just talked about that a moment ago. How do we keep the Lord in the middle of this? That triple braided cord, it's you, me, and Jesus, and you, me, and what Jesus has for us. He has not left us alone. We will stand together. Before this stress even happens, we have decided that nothing is going to stop us now. So let me talk through the last two stressors super quick, and then we're gonna respond to the Lord, and we're gonna let the Holy Spirit seal this in our hearts in just a moment, but moving. Moving is a major stressor like Pastor Pete. How do you know moving is a major stressor because I've moved four times in the last two years like the smell of cardboard. I don't want to look at a cardboard box again like as long as I live. Listen, I'm just I'm going to move one more time. I'm going to move somewhere close to South Shore and be planted in the South Shore Ruskin area. And then you can bury me in a box behind the building. I'm not just, I'm done moving. And you know, right now, because of the way the economy has been over the last couple of years with COVID and like everything's moving to zoom and online, people are just kind of like, well, if I can work online, I can kind of move anywhere I want. And so moving creates all kinds of stressors and intentions because for us, we've had to like Google and GPS, how to get to Publix, you know, like moving has all of these new stressors and situations that get brought into your life. can be a strain on your family. It can be a strain on your kids. It can definitely be a strain on your relationship because it's so all consuming when you upend and destabilize your life and move. But hey, you know what? I'm so glad that we moved here. This is a great church. God is moving. Listen, wherever God is, that's where I want to be. So if I have to pack a box, whatever, I don't care. You know, like, I want to be where God is. But at that same moment, recognize that there's stress that's baked into that and built into that and uh, just being fully aware of that. Can you share that scripture with yeah,
0: us? Yeah. So in Psalm 37:23 through 24, it says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall for the Lord holds them by the hand. Isn't
1: that amazing? God is amazed and interested in the small details of your life. Those small details of your life lead to big, impactful decisions that take place in your life, and God is there. And you know what, the promise from that verse is that stumbling will happen. Stumbling and failing and messing it up in your marriage and like, oh man, I lost my temper again, and and we're gonna stumble over things all the time, but our God is gracious. Stumbling is a guarantee. But God is filled with grace, and we can be filled with grace at the same time. That while we're doing this thing called life and marriage together, we offer grace to one another. So how can we take a step? whenever we're moving, and I know I even spoke with some folks after the nine o'clock service who are brand new to this area. They've just moved here. So what's a great step that we can give our friends?
0: Yeah. So we can celebrate because our God is a God of celebration, right? He loves celebrating. Um, We always have small like celebrations after Moves or after, if the kids make new friends, we go out and we get ice cream. If we buy a house, praise the Lord, we're
1: going to, yes. we, we
0: go out we're going to go bowling. We're going to go to the beach. We love to celebrate and God loves to celebrate with us.
1: Absolutely. So here's the deal. If you need to take a step, you, maybe you've been moving or there's been issues going on in your life. You've just made it through a surgery. You've, whatever the situation might be in your life right now, the Holy Spirit will apply that directly to your situation. But here's the deal. Ask yourself, this question, ask your spouse this question, how will we celebrate when this is done? When this is done, when that surgery is done, when the last box is unpacked, when we've made our way to that destination, when we've got the kids established in the new school, wherever it is, how are we going to celebrate this? We probably celebrate too little the great things that God has done. You know count your blessings name them one by one count your blessings see what god has done count your blessings name them one by one we can see all the many things that god has done celebrate all those little steps that the lord has taken you on to bring you to where you are today how will we celebrate this when this is done and then lastly big stressor in life you probably understand this is new job new job because of the change that takes place in your life and in your work, some of you probably have relocated here because of a new job, um, then that, that can be a major stressor. It can be a major stressor in your marriage as well. For us, we're just cruising through this last one super quick because we want to respond to the Lord. Well, because
0: you guys are awesome and Arise is amazing. Is like so, no. I mean, this is pretty easy and fun, right? Yeah, this
1: is a great, I've, I've had some stressful jobs, but listen, like you talk about a new job. A year and a half ago, I was scooping ice cream 15 hours a week. Guys, give me, give me a witness on this. When you believe that God has these grand plans in front of you and you find yourself scooping ice cream and your, box is a, your boss is a 16-year-old kid with pimples, yeah. <laughs> that does something to you as a guy, okay? But my wife, she was so amazing. She was, she was always by my side encouraging me that God had bigger things in front of us. God had bigger things in front of us. And now here we are, we get to be on this incredible staff with this incredible team and this incredible church seeing God moving in such powerful ways. And here's the deal, do you have a coach around you? Somebody who can coach you? I'm so thankful that we're beginning this coaching, consulting, uh, and counseling center here at Arise. That's gonna be a blessing to many of you. It's gonna be an incredible resource. God's gonna change your life through this, I just know it. Do you have somebody who is outside of your marriage, outside of your work, outside of what you do who can give you honest feedback? about how things are going, who you can process out loud, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. So we have thrown a lot out here today. Those five stressors, marriage, death, baby, moving, new job. And some of you are probably dealing with that right now. I mean, COVID, right? we've been through a lot this year, but there are such great steps that you can take connection, communication, community, celebration and coaching. So which one are you gonna to pick to start today? Are you guys gonna start celebrating? I mean, what is that next step for you? And if none of those things are working, if you guys are still struggling, I would suggest seeking a licensed therapist. Um, we have some really godly people that can help walk alongside your marriage and your relationship. I would say connect with you know our amazing Pastor Tina. She would be able to help you find the right person to help encourage your marriage thanks for listening if you enjoyed this podcast would you consider subscribing and sharing this on all your social platforms if you are moved by the message and would love to share your testimony please email it to amen at myarisechurch.com i pray you leave here feeling
1: encouraged see you next time